Ready, guys? Yeah. yeah. Okay, hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of The Third Wheel. I'm one of your hosts, Aaron Conway. And I'm your other host, Hamish. And today we are joined by Zara Zaman. Have I? Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> how, how are you doing, Zara? Would you uh, like to introduce yourself? I'm good. Thank you guys for having me. Yes, my name is Zara. I'm 24 years old. I'm from England, specifically London. What do I do? I am a registered nurse working in the NHS. And yeah, I've always kind of grown up in London as well. It's, I would say it's my home. I went to school in London. I studied here, I went to uni and I work here full time. So yeah, that's me in a nutshell. I was like, always, always London. Yeah, Londoner. <laughs> yeah. Did you like stay at home during uni? Or, like, uh, yeah, I commuted. Yeah. I never, the novelty of like living out at, during uni didn't ever appeal to me. Oh, really? Enough. Yeah. <laughs> what about then like during uni? Was it still kind of, was it annoying or was it like, oh, now I want to? No, you know what? It, I think because my degree structure was so different to, I guess, like other degrees because we had a lot of placements integrated into the years. So it meant that there were some times I weren't even at uni for like a whole semester because I'd be on placement. So uh, okay. actually it worked out better because all my placements were in London. And when you're working placements, you just want to come home and chill. You don't want to have to, I don't know, worry about other things. So yeah. I guess it kind of worked with the kind of degree that I was doing. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, that makes sense. So you did like a nursing degree. Yeah. So I did Would a, that be the I right like degree. title for the degree? <laughs> Yeah, what's like the official title? (laughs) So it's a BSc honors in adult nursing. So I did like you do specific fields when it comes to what nursing it is. So yeah, that's what I did. Did you guys both live out for uni? Yeah, 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 we we both went Warwick. Yeah. Uh, Okay. (laughs) So your degree, like, when did you kind of know that was kind of the path you wanted to take? I guess it happened in like a. A moment, you know, like some people are like, oh, this is what I always wanted to be. And then there's others that actually just fits. So I feel like it was just something that just clicked like, okay, this is something that I want to do. Cause I was set on a completely different career path. I wanted to originally study politics and economics at university. Okay. And that's what I did my UCAS application. That's what I was kind of, you know, doing all the extracurricular activities. What I kind of had was aiming like, for. Read the econ- or economist. Or reading the like, economist. Get, get a subscription to it. Yeah, exactly. Going to all these like youth council election stuff and meetings and so on I was really passionate about it but I don't know it's one of those things where it's like like in the UK obviously it's so expensive to invest in like higher education like nine grand a year minimum not even accounting to for everything else and I was like okay if I really want to go and study three to four years in a degree I want to make sure I do it in something I'm really passionate about and I can see myself doing like on a lifelong sort of thing and I guess the, the whole thing was like, oh, I want to do something that's meaningful to me. And I wasn't finding that in the original thing that I had applied for. So like, I took some time to like kind of reflect on it. And then I came across nursing and it kind of just like ticked all the boxes that I was after. And so the summer when I fi- finished my A-levels, I withdrew my application, kind of took a bit of a, like from university, I was just like, I just don't want to do this anymore. Um, I really wanted to go to uni, but I was just like, I don't want to do that. And then, yeah, nursing came about and I applied through clearing and that's it. I went for it and that's what I did in the end. Oh, so did you not like take the summer off? I mean, the whole year off, I mean. Nope. I just took like, I kind of decided before I got my results, it's not what I wanted to do. Okay. So yeah, it was like. I didn't know you could do that like so quickly. 
kind of like switch? Oh, you can't switch immediately. You have mm-hmm. to go through clearing. So yeah. it was like essentially telling universities that you were drawing your application. But I was waiting for results day anyway for that to happen. Yeah. That makes sense. Because I was like, okay, I'm not going to do it anyway. So even if I got the places that I wanted to, um, so I got into like one of my choices, I was just like, I don't want to do it anymore. So you just withdraw your application. So, yeah. So I'm guessing when you did like applied for politics and economics, there were like unis that you were like, okay, I want to go to this uni. Yeah. Did you go to the same uni for no, the nursing degree? Different. Completely different. Completely different. Yeah. So I like I went to so I went to City University and I never even went to an open day for City University. I never even like heard of it, but I never like thought this was something I wanted to do. It was just something that came up and I just thought, okay, I'll just go for it. And yeah, I'm very happy in the end. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I always think like there's been a lot of case, lot more cases than I thought that people have just ended up at unis that they didn't go to open days for because I thought like when I went Warwick here, I just remember keep constantly meeting people that everyone had been to the open days and everything. I'm like, this was my insurance. This wasn't the plan, but I'm here. Yeah. Then now after uni, I've been meeting people that ha- actually haven't been to the bloody open days beforehand. I'm like, okay, see this, this makes me at least feel a bit more normal here. Cause I'm just like, I only went to the open days for the unis I wanted to go to. But it makes sense, doesn't it? Because like you do that, it's all that excitement when you're mm-hmm. going to university, like, oh, you plan open days with your friends and you want to like, oh, this is what I see myself in the next three years. You know, that whole like Harry Potter kind of vibe where you're like, oh, this is the dream, <laughs> yeah. dream university. But yeah, I guess it's just, it's just one of those things where you're like, you know, you go with the flow. Sometimes what you think is what you want actually isn't. It just kind of hopefully kind of works out in the end. If not, you just have to kind of step back and think, okay, is this what I want to do? But yeah. Warwick was actually one of my options. <laughs> that is I it? Yeah. yeah I, I did like Warwick. Warwick's a nice um, university. To be honest, I, I did. I still loved Warwick regardless though, even though it was my insurance. I'm glad I went Warwick instead of UCL. <laughs> Disclaimer. <laughs> is that more because yeah. of just like people you met or the actual like place? Definitely not you. But All right, fine. <laughs> the place in general. Living out would have been cheaper. It overtook, you know, UCL that exact year for computer science in the league table as well. So it worked out indirectly for me. You're just holding yeah. on to that, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that, that. we have to because now every week something dodgy is coming out about Warwick. So we're like, <gasps> yeah, we have to hold on to those. those That's stories. why we say at that time, in it. <laughs> Specify the time, the day. Yeah. <laughs> what um? What is actually? How does clearing work? Clearing is a lot more straightforward. I feel like there's this, it's like. Yeah, about yeah. clearing because I, I feel like I was guilty of it. Like you know, you just want to get into your university or that Russell Group university, the one that you got your heart set on, and so on. I think you get a lot of pressure also from universities to just aim uh, from six forms or colleges to aim for your grades, and then that's it. But clearing's is so straightforward, and I feel like so many people do it, but no one kind of says it because of this like whole thing. But you can either do it via UCAS. I mean, this is obviously back then old saying that but this is obviously back then I don't know if it's changed now but um you can either do it through UCAS or I think you can go to like individual university websites and see what the clearing options are if you've got your heart set on like a specific university I was more like set on like browse I was actually literally just trying to find something that speaks to me so that's why I went through UCAS and then everything kind of comes up all the universities in the country all the different courses in a specific field so if I was focusing specifically on health then everything kind of to do with health would come up, like childcare, nursing, um, health and social policy, like some degrees I'd never heard of, some universities I've never heard of either. And they just, they're just coming up. But then you just think, oh my God, like there's so much to do. And they want you as well. So they're like, when you call up, they, 
they're very accommodating. They, they're like, okay, um, if you've got any questions, they'll be like, they'll put you in touch with the course director if it's necessary and so on. So I think that's what people don't realize. They actually really want you to take the course because they need to fill up these spaces. So yeah, my clearing kind of thing worked a little bit differently because to get into nursing, you have to do a certain number of examinations and tests, obviously, that you have to pass before you get a place. So even though like I had the grades for it and everything, they were still like, okay, you need to come in. You need to do a phone interview with one of the course leads. And then if they like you, then you need to come in to do a maths and English test, a certain number of aptitude tests, clinical scenario tests, and a group interview. And only then would you be offered a place. So yeah, it was still quite intense for me. (laughs) Yeah. But so it wasn't like, oh, okay, ring up, got the grades. Okay, yeah, you seem like someone who would fit our university. Okay, we'll give you a place. Nursing is a bit more like, it's essentially all the tests that you have to do if you're applying normally, like throughout the year. But they just squeeze it into one day because it's clearing. Yeah. So, I imagine that being stressful yeah. as well if you're going for like multiple places through clearing. And then if they're all yeah. like squashing them together, that's a lot of stuff you need to do. Yeah, definitely. Did you say anyone actually recommended the universities you applied to in clearing? Or was it just your own choice like you just went about? I literally applied to one. And that was the one <laughs> that I went to. So for my for me, I was I think I was quite set on what I wanted to do. But I noticed like some of the course mates I'd met, like you know you are, so did you go to Clearing or did you go through um the actual formal process? And some of them were applying. I, I knew someone who was actually in north of England and booked all of the clearing spaces for London and I think some just outside. And it she just did a whole week of just going to do all those interview process and everything. And out of all the options, I think they went for about three, like they applied for Kings, City and other ones. They got like one and that was the one that they went to. And I was like, can you imagine the stress of like going through that whole process and then not walking away with um, a place in the degree that you want to do? So yeah, it can be really stressful, but I guess if it's meant to be, it will kind of work out in some way. That's what I think anyway. Yeah, no, no, I get that. I'm, I'm really happy I didn't go have to go through I think doing like tests and all that stuff would have just, yeah, put me off massively. Yeah, especially after doing like A-levels and stuff, like (laughs) nothing enough of the exams until you start, I guess. But cool. So you you, you did the degree. Did you enjoy it? And then also going into like adult nursing, like specifically, what are kind of like the other options around? Yeah. So I think for me, because I, it was intense, I would say it was a lot more intense than I thought it would be because nursing degrees like nursing, midwifery, those kind of healthcare related ones, we don't just go to university, do lectures and seminars and so on. Like I said before, like we have to do placements. We also have to do things called simulation practices. So actual practical sessions as well. And on top of that, our exam structures are a little bit different as well. So yes, you have your essays and your written exams, but then we've got OSCEs, which are practical exams. And then you've got your certain competencies that you have to reach. So it's a lot to kind of juggle and then try and be a student at the same time and enjoy life. <laughs> so I didn't, I wasn't kind of prepared for that because of course I, my, me going into the field was like literally in a space of like what a couple of weeks of me making a decision and then like finding a place. And I was like, okay, cool sticking with this, going for it. And that was it. I was set on this path. But I guess the pre-hand before that, I didn't have anyone who was a nurse in my family. I didn't really know any nurses. I don't think there was anyone from my form group at sixth form who actually was going into nursing that I thought, okay, I know something about it. It was literally like, okay, on my own, YOLO, let's do this. That's <laughs> let's interesting. figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think it was because I was very passionate about what the ethos of what nursing was, about the care side of it, about 
the whole practical side. And I felt like that is what was motivating me when things got really tough. Nursing, there are like so many different options within it. I say I'm an adult nurse because I only studied within the adult field. So nursing care to do with adults, people above the age of 16 onwards with who are, you know, got illnesses and so on. You get children's nurses, so they will, they will be caring for individuals who are below the age of 16. Then you've got mental health nursing, and then you've got learning disability nursing. So you actually have to pick before you apply which one speaks to you, which one is yeah. your calling as such. And the right way to go about it is to get experience in it. So you then know, okay, this is what I want to do and so on. But yeah, they, there's different ways to go about it as such. So yeah. Hamish, if you were a nurse, what field did you go into? Would it be like adult nursing, children nursing, mental health, learning disabilities? Learning disabilities. Honestly, I don't know. Because I, n- I never considered like being a nurse or anything. I feel no, like if one. anything. I think I'd do, do child. But then okay. does that also like include like really small kids if they're like crying and like yelling at you and you're like... Yeah, and and I imagine that, and they are like they're poorly. Obviously, they're not very well. Yeah, and you might get the tantrums here, and it depends what age group you're after. <laughs> can you, well, you, you can choose like a them, yeah. like a specific age group, or is like childlike, basically just anyone under the age of eighteen, sixteen? Yeah, when you're qualified, you can. Obviously, when you're studying, you get mm. exposure to all the different fields. Right. Um, but children's nursing is literally from from it can even be before that like anti antenatal so like when you're helping uh, mothers who are okay. pregnant essentially but essentially from birth so from zero days old one day old or whatever till the age of 16 because obviously when you're 16 then you go into adult services so children who have got like long-term conditions perhaps have been born with a condition and then that would be a lifelong condition for them they would then change at the age of 16 so yeah you could any any age group essentially hmm. yeah I think that might, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with that for now, but that could probably easily change. <laughs> the thing is, you're yeah, like, I'd want to help the kids, but then it's also more demoralizing seeing like a kid, like if they have like a terminal illness or something, I think yeah. that's also like, that's a lot of thing. Um, whereas I was thinking like, if I had to choose other nursing, I'd probably go for the kids option. Otherwise, if I had to be in medicine, I'd probably do something along the lines of a paramedic. Oh, okay. I feel like I'd be, yeah. I feel like they're just, I feel like you have to keep your head like chill in very, very intense situations. And I feel like. I don't know, I feel like I'd be a bit more suited to that. So essentially we've got an A&E nurse, Hamish, is if you had no, to no, go no, down no, the nurse. No, no, no. <laughs> in an alternate, in an alternate. <laughs> in another life. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? Someone's going to come to you like, you know, just got stabbed. You'd be like, what's that? That's just a scratch, mate. No, no, but you see like, if if someone got hurt like near me, like um, generally like, or any sort of like hot anything, like usually I'm the one who has the, like in my wallet, I usually refresh the supply of like plasters and wound cleaning wipes and so on that I have here. Yeah, I've I've had it for like years. I even at uni, I used, I would just refresh the thing. Yeah, so I'd, I'd always prepare, be prepared everywhere I go in it. So like I'm like I'm more oh probably like calm in that situation if something happens if someone got like a bad cut. I think we need a career change here. I feel like you've got no, no, your. No, no, no. <laughs> Do you know like CPR and like all that stuff? I mean, I had training for it, but it's well expired because it was many years ago. Oh, but you have had training. I don't even think. Yeah, but my training wouldn't count for anything. Although I would know a bit, it wouldn't count for shit anymore, if that makes sense. So I can't go around saying I know first aid because when you get trained, I think it lasts for three years, two years. I don't know what the current thing is, but yeah. yeah. Zara, I'm guessing like you kind of are trained with all that kind of stuff. I'm only thinking like from the football recently when Christian Eriksen, a Danish player, like collapsed on the field and I was like, Part of me was thinking, like, if something like that like happened in my regular life, I wouldn't have a clue what to do. Yeah. 
I think everyone should like do some first day training yeah. at some point because even if it's expired, like you at least know how to react in certain situations. You won't need to be obviously doing chest compressions, I hope, but like at least, you know, sorting them into recovery position or like instantly like trying to pressure the wound or some shit. Like I feel like that's so important, but you know, it's just like a thing that everyone's just like, oh, we have the paramedics that do it, but. I'm well impressed. I'm actually really impressed by this. Like this is, this is not what I expected because I think, like you said, it's one of those things I think everyone should know. But even like basic things like putting someone in a recovery position, obviously that could buy a lot of time for someone who then can get like the medical attention that they <laughs> love. <laughs> Amazing. That they can get the medical attention that they need. Right? I've been in situations where that's happened to me as a student nurse and also as a qualified where like you just never know when it can happen on the road. And what's to say that there's a doctor or a nurse or a paramedic that's just there handy to help someone. And who knows, you could like, you could potentially save a life or at least prevent it from getting any worse than it. So yeah. Yeah, yeah I've been thinking about that recently. I was like, I know in like how office they have, you know, like the people who are meant to be the first aid people. And so I'm like, yeah. what if none of them were about like, at least everyone should know the basic of applying pressure to a wound, like the very basic, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but. yeah. Companies should probably like do like a, you know, an afternoon where they train. I know some, some probably do. But. It's voluntary in it. So like you don't have to go. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, it kind of reminds me, you know, in like films or TV shows when like something bad happens and like, oh, do we have a doctor here? Do we have like a nurse? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. At least you can like put your hand up. Hopefully that doesn't happen like a situation like that. No, I think that's very, very much like Hollywood, yeah, Hollywood yeah. sort of thing. <laughs> Definitely not what you would, what you would hopefully be in. But I think, um, I feel like, for example, I like, go back to what you're saying about children's and, and adult, the complex of that. For me, I think what was nice about adult nursing was the fact that I guess it was like when you when you're adult trained as well, you could have the option to go into children's nursing later down. But it was like if you're a children's nurse, then you would have to do you wouldn't be able to go into adult nursing because it's like a different set of training, which was I thought was quite interesting. So like adult nursing kind of is more like a general hmm. sort of degree. But in the UK, our structure is so different to the rest of the world. They do general degrees where you learn, you get exposure to all the areas. But here in the UK, you have to pick before you actually, I guess, pursue the degree. It's like with, I don't know, going into finance, but then you're specifically focusing on, I don't know, one field from mm-hmm. before you start. So I always find that a bit, a bit different than, I guess, other areas. Okay. No, that's, that makes a lot more sense. That's probably the smart choice then. Mm, well maybe (laughs) if you think you could potentially go between the two at some point in your career yeah it just depends it's your personal preference really yeah and then when you said like you've got you're in like placement or you're like placed Mm. like on field so is that like your first year of uni you're just kind of like thrown in and you've got like you have patients who are like human like real adults and humans that you need to kind of work with or is it a lot of like practice with like dummies and stuff like that yeah. Yeah. I um I think um so placements are dotted around the whole year because you and it's the same with like other degrees like medicine and midwifery. You have to do a certain number of hours before you get your license to practice as a qualified healthcare professional. So essentially every university is going to be different, have different degree structures. But what you what my university did was they didn't want us to just throw us into the deep end, essentially, because like can you imagine just first day it's like you've never looked after someone who's in ill health and yet you are somewhat responsible so my university actually did all the placements at the end of the year so they taught you everything and then you would go into placement which I really liked obviously every university is going to be different and then second year and third year your placements would be like a lot more frequent first year is very important because it's like 
the building blocks, right? First year as well, like people are just like, I don't know, they just they kind of, I don't know how your first year is uni. <laughs> yeah. How was your first like placement? Like first day, like? Oh, my first day. I cried. Really? <laughs> I literally cried. Yeah. I was so overwhelmed. Um, Not in front of the patients, I hope. Oh, no, no, no. No, this was, this was walking out of the hospital onto the phone to my mom straight away. Be like, I don't know if I could do this anymore. This is so intense and this and that. Basically, nurses work 12 hour shifts. And that was the first time I had worked a 12 hour shift from 7.30 to essentially like eight o'clock. And that was quite intense for me. Like I had never done that before. I was really tired. And also just the, the, the first, you know, when you go into a new environment and you're meeting new people and you're, I don't know, you've got these expectations and these pressures of like, oh, I want to impress my seniors or I want to do the right thing and so on. But all in one day, like that's, that was, I think, quite overwhelming, but it got easier. It got definitely like, you just got to get used to it, just adapting. And I think, yeah. On these placements here, like when you were, I guess you were just, were you shadowing or were you actually like having to yeah. nurse? I think that's one thing got to make clear, like definitely you're shadowing as a student. You're never like kind of just left by your own, like, um, especially like first year and second year, you're really just trying to build core skills of like, you know, basic patient skills, such as, you know, handling patient care, giving medicines, doing things like uh, personal care, all those things that are integral to like nursing. So you're not expected to do anything beyond, you'll never be expected to do anything beyond safe practice. Third year is when your responsibilities do step up because in a year's time, you're then going to be qualified and responsible. Yeah. But again, you'll always be, sh- you, you have to always be shadowing or you have to always be working with someone who's qualified that's just safe practice so yeah you were never ever kind of left on your own sort of thing no that's good that makes sense i think mm. you know you just told me to try switch career into paramedic and then you're saying it's overwhelming <laughs> right back out the window you know what paramedic side the thing is if you're passionate about something i feel like it doesn't matter like it's going to always outweigh the hard shifts or those hard moments like that you may face and i don't know paramedic science like I've always seen paramedics as the true frontliners. Like you're literally always the first ones at the scenes. You are the ones that are taking the patients to A&E if it's critical and so on. Like it's, it's a different demanding kind of, it's a different demand, but definitely like rewarding in so many aspects. So yeah, no, go for it. If you want to do it, I guess, if computer science ever like kind of. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Hamish, I, I could see you as a vet, Hamish. Yeah. A vet? Yeah. A vet. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Potentially, but then, like, I think a vet has to cover a wide variety of animals or pets. Yeah, you sense. want about, like, five different animals, I swear. But, like, that's not the same as wanting to have to, like... I don't have to see them in a bad condition, though. Okay. Yeah, that's <laughs> just, just on a good days. Basically, the reason why I would never do that is because... So, in the moment, if something happened, I can... Like, in terms of, like, you know, like, med- medically, like, someone needed quickly medical attention, like, you know, they cut themselves, whatever. That's fine. I can I can be, like, the one calm make sure it's sorted out at least to somewhat extent to someone helps us but i don't actually like seeing other people like getting operated on like afterwards like in a non like you know like something just happens situation so i wouldn't want to be in that scenario like even if i think about like me having surgery in any way i'm like no 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 i can't like i can't envision it you know it's just that that i don't know it's like i don't know how to say it like i don't care too much of, of the gory stuff but like i wouldn't go out my way to watch it because it just it's just not nice i don't know how to say it yeah, fair enough, fair enough. So basically, just the beginning bit. 
then they don't want to yeah. know the rest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I guess, yeah, paramedic right there. You've got the, you've got the mindset. <laughs> I was like, I feel like driving as a paramedic could be a bit more fun as well because, you know, you just got to have the siren then you get to sweep through driving. Oh, yeah. But that obviously is, that's obviously like glorified. You could probably buy seen. one, buy one off eBay or something and there wasn't just siren to put on top of your car. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's not legal. Probably, yeah. probably not. <laughs> cool. So like going, going like past uni and kind of like, a bigger reason how we got in contact was like through social media. Mm. So you got an Insta page with like quite a bit of a following. You got your own YouTube channel. So yeah, I think that was something like cool we can talk about. So first of all, like the YouTube channel, why did you start one and to do with like nursing? So my nursing page actually started from Instagram and then okay. it kind of led later on to YouTube. And it was just really with a simple aim because when I was studying I had so many questions especially like to do placement all those things that you don't really want to ask your lecturer at university you want to ask someone who's kind of been through that and it will give like a honest answer to things as such and I didn't really have that as a student and I kind of turned to social media like where they have like these healthcare pages you know doctors on on social media or nurses and so on. But actually I found that there weren't many registered nurses, particularly in the UK, that had a page like that. So I thought, okay, fine. Like I just kind of got on with it. And then when I qualified, I then had still so many questions about being a newly qualified nurse and like kind of going into the profession, you know, different things like, oh, um, what to do if I was in this situation or, oh, I want to pick this specialty, you know, just those things that you do when you're just kind of starting off as a new grad and so on. And again, I didn't, have someone that I could kind of turn to as such. Then I kind of thought to myself, okay, I keep having these thoughts, but what's stopping me from being that person for other students or for other nurses? It's kind of like, if you want to do something, sometimes you kind of have to do it yourself. And I felt really passionate about doing that in a way that's like, okay, if this can help someone, if I felt that way as a nurse, as a student nurse, then I'm sure someone is probably going through that as well. So that's how I created my nurse Zara underscore UK page. And then through that, I just took it as like a personal blog, like nothing too serious. It's just me going about my shift, going about my days, touching on important topics as well. Like, for example, palliative care or things like student nursing essentials, like those things that I wanted to kind of know about when I was studying and just putting that on a page that hopefully people can easily access. And then it, the page grew and the community also grew. Like I could see other nursing pages also that you, cause you, you kind of dive yourself into that kind of community. And so then you find other people who've got like shared interests as well. And that's always really nice. And then YouTube came about. I had the same mindset. I was like, okay, great. Got the page. But YouTube is like one of those things where you can always find an interest in something. And I found that there wasn't something for nurses in the UK, particularly. Like there's a lot of media coverage on US nurses or nurses in Australia, but not really much on the UK. So again, I was like, okay, so what's stopping me from being that person and hopefully being that help for others? And yeah, that's how I went about creating the YouTube channel, which kind of goes i don't know works parallel to the, yeah, to yeah, the instagram yeah. page so yeah that's kind of how it started so when when did you start the instagram page like is it during university no so a year pretty much after qualifying okay yeah and then was there like a point where it kind of blew up for you as in like was there like a particular post or like a particular video that you uploaded and was like okay this is like really done well or was it just a can kind of general like it just grew like every post, it started to grow a bit more and more and more. I think it was a gradual thing. I think 
And I think I'm quite happy that it happened that way rather than a specific topic as such. I do think, though, that because obviously COVID happened, the COVID pandemic, that did put a lot of highlight and spotlight onto healthcare professionals. And I found myself doing a lot more content related to obviously working during the pandemic because people wanted to know what was going on. So I do feel like it was gradual, but then I guess where there was, I guess, a big sort of spotlight was during that time when things started to pick up with the global pandemic, of course. Yeah. Just in terms of like time management as well, like you mentioned like 12 hour shifts and then having this like following, making YouTube videos and stuff. How, how has that like been? How do you manage that? (laughs) Or you don't? (laughs) (laughs) Great question. I guess I just never put too much pressure on myself. Yeah. Especially when I was starting off, like I just had in my head, like, okay, post once a week. That's literally all I had mm. in my head, just stick at that and then see where it goes. Because I knew that I was working these shift patterns, like I can't keep to like a structure. And also I wanted to enjoy it. Like if I put too much expectations on myself, I'm, I knew I knew I'll just like burn out from it. Like I'm like, okay, I just don't want to do yeah. this anymore. And I didn't want to do that. I wanted it to be something that I enjoyed. Kind of like a side hustle. I don't know. Like you guys do yeah, podcasting. Yeah. It's a side hustle, right? You do it as your escape from life. I don't know. So that's what I kind of wanted it to, to be as. And again, it's the same. I guess it's the same with anything that I kind of do. Just don't, if you want to enjoy it, you have to have fun whilst you're doing it. Otherwise it's going to be work. I already work. I don't want to do double work. <laughs> so yeah. That's how I saw it. Not putting pressure on myself, keeping realistic expectations as well. So if I knew that I'm working like three night shifts in a row, at least for two two days after that, I just, or at least the day after that, I don't want to think about anything other than resting. So mm. I was just being realistic with myself. So yeah. Yeah. Wait, so you're saying your shifts, like they're never at the same time throughout constantly. So you have to keep changing your body clock. So you may have three night shifts, then three day shifts. Yeah, that's nursing life for you. Oh, so... <laughs> paramedic life as well <laughs> so yeah we do so in the, when you're working in the nhs and you're working like particularly in the hospital setting you typically obviously not all areas are the same you typically working 12 hour shifts and it's shift work so you could be doing long days or night shifts and you are specifically nurses you could be allocated that at any point in a month so you could have a, a week where you're doing day shift day shift off off night shift and then you're kind of like, it's just random in a week, essentially. So there's no structure as such. Are you ever like called in for like an emergency or anything? So I guess like that kind of refers to like on call, which is more like things like doctors do. Or certain nursing roles would have like on call shifts. But if you're like just on the wards, like a general nurse on the wards, you might be called in if you're understaffed. Like that's happened to me before, but like I'd be on my day off and I'd get a call from my manager saying, we're so understaffed this night shift coming up. If you're free, could you come up and I'll take a shift off from you? So it's kind of like that. So you, yeah, I've been called in like as like that. And during COVID, yes, very much so because we were facing understaffing, um, lots of colleagues going off sick because they've either got tested positive for COVID or a family member has become unwell or they're showcasing symptoms and so on. So that's why we were dealing with like this shortage of nurses, this crisis going on. So a lot of the time, you would be like called in by a manager, like crazy hours, like two hours before a shift. Like, I don't care what time you come. Can you just come at some point in the shift because we're so unstaffed? Because it's, it's safety as well is that you need to care for the patients as such. So yeah, that's, that's the realities of it. Yeah. On, on, um, on the social media stuff again, like how, mm. like in terms of yourself, did you always consider yourself like quite a, a confident, like outgoing person? 
Because like, instead of like having a YouTube channel where you got to like put yourself out there in front of people, I think Instagram could be a bit different as like you can you can just kind of like yeah. post photos and like be behind a phone. But like YouTube is kind of more an interacting with other people. Oh, I'm not going to lie. It did take me some time. It did take me a bit of like self-hype <laughs> before yeah. I started my YouTube video. I think it was because... So I had like a year gap before. So when I started my page, it actually I actually launched my YouTube like less than a year after like probably seven months or something like that. I think. I can't remember. Like it wasn't straight away, basically. So I gave myself some time. And it was very strange to be talking to a camera and there's like no one sort of there, but you have to kind of talk as if you're talking to someone. I did find that really strange. I think I would say I'm quite extroverted. That's the word. Is that the word? Or introvert, extroverted? Is that the word? Extroverted is your out, kind of like outgoing and more sociable. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Look at me using a word I don't even know the proper meaning of. <laughs> um, so I think I would say I am. So I, especially like if I'm... I'm quite chatty and I don't shut up on certain things. So I felt like, okay, if I'm passionate about something, I know I've got enough, I've got enough kind of, kind of hype to talk about it. So I'm passionate about nursing. So I'm sure there are things that I can talk about at least for like seven minutes in a video. So I guess it just came from there. Like, okay, I think I can do this. I think it was just that first thing. Like, can I do this? I was like, yeah, I think I can. And then I was just kind of like, okay, how can I do this? Like just, just thinking about ways in which I can make it happen again to make it fun for myself and also educational and meaningful or worth something of value to others who would obviously be watching it. So yeah, it does take time though. I don't know. I don't think anyone, you know, there's like these YouTubers are like, oh, just pick up your phone and just get in front of a camera and just start talking. And I think, I think they forget like just how scary that can be sometimes to put yourself out there. What about the like tech stuff side of stuff as well? Like equipment editing creating like graphics and everything how how's that was that kind of like foreign to you or do you find it like pretty good absolutely it was I, I never knew how to edit a video like a basic clip I didn't even know what iMovie was like it just the whole concept <laughs> of it just like <laughs> scared me but I thought okay if I want to do this I have to learn so I just started reading into it I was quite fortunate that I had a friend who was very techy they knew editing like the back of their hand so I was literally like right one day just go full tutorial on me <laughs> explain to me what this is and everything and then yeah I just learned from learned from there but I didn't know the basics of it and then I guess it's like if you practice something a skill long enough yeah. then you you want to just build on it and then that's where all the changing software is or then you, you find yourself looking at your Amazon cart and it's like oh what microphone or your wish list has suddenly changed <laughs> on yeah. things that you want and so on but yeah, it's it's just the the drive for it, I guess. No, the page looks really good as well. Oh, and then, like, did you have to like get permission to like record some of this stuff? So, quite a few things actually with that. So, there's this great debate about whether healthcare professionals should actually be on social media, and it's it's one of those things where, like, our argument is we're also people, we have lives, and we want to also have social media. Sorry, is this like? Um, when it's like healthcare professionals in social media, is that like your own personal social media or is it kind of oh, a social media to do? Okay, both. Both, yeah. So yeah, there's that kind of hardcore thing that they shouldn't have social media at all because it's like, oh, patients could find you and then if you're out um, sort of thing, obviously if it's private and they won't, but you know what I mean? Like that's one side of it. And then the other side of it, which has become more kind of prevalent is whether or not they should have like healthcare pages. 
And I think it's obviously the healthcare professionals are putting out those pages have been like fighting for it, myself included, where we're like, actually, we're only putting out things that will hopefully help others and provide value or be of educational um, value as, as well. And surely that's only a good thing and representing the professions in positive ways. Because I think this is like this, there was this old school kind of thinking that, oh, social media is bad sort of thing. But actually, social media can actually be good, made for good use and a great way of helping others. And you go think about the generation that's kind of coming upwards as well. Like everyone's got pretty much social media, whether that's all of them or one at least. And in some way, you can gain some sort of value out of it. It's just how you use it. So in terms of like things like Instagram and so on, having the page, um, you do have to be mindful of what you put out there. So going to the YouTube sort of thing, I was always very open with my workplace that, that I forgot a, a page and a channel and stuff because yeah. I didn't want there to ever be like any sort of conflict coming up later, even though I knew that I'm not going to do anything or I, you can't do anything that's going to ever compromise confidentiality of your patients or of your colleagues or anything that would go against any sort of policies as such. So yeah, it's just being mindful of that. And I think if you are going to do something to do with healthcare, um, you have just better to seek permission and knowing what you can work within your boundaries and so on. Yeah. So as such, yeah, there, you can't ever compromise confidentiality of individuals. So it's just not, it's not acceptable exactly, basically, in, in a simple way. Yeah. Well, it's led you down. We spoke briefly previously about like kind of the opportunities you've got through that. And one of those was with the BBC. You uh, create a vlog with them, right? Yeah, that was quite unexpected, I guess. Like I didn't ever kind of imagine that to happen. But um, I guess... How did they like approach you? Yeah. So it was, yeah. Yeah, essentially. Um, and it was done all officially as well. Okay, just granting access to film essentially, because this was obviously going to be broadcasted nationally. And what I really liked about this was it was actually showing it from a nurse's perspective about what was actually happening in the hospitals. We had a lot of coverage going on with obviously the global pandemic about what COVID was and the infection rates and the death tolls and so on. But actually hearing a story from someone who's been on the front line and so on, I thought was was great and I wanted to be a part of that if I could so yeah that's how the vlog came about and I just hope it spread a good message as such just to give re- just to give the realities of what was going on what the nurses were facing because it was really tough so yeah I was gonna say yeah I guess it was just like they had a camera crew and you didn't have like GoPros on your head or something <laughs> uh, absolutely not no <laughs> it was not that at all no, so it's done like in a vlogging style. So it's actually just like me vlogging my day, like oh, okay. how I went about it in the morning and what I would do at break time, how, what things that I would have to do, just speaking about what, how my morning was, kind of like how I would do any kind of vlog, like, you know, like a daily life of a London air vlog, but just in a hospital setting as such. Yeah. No, no GoPro is stuck on our heads. No. <laughs> yeah, cause I, was trying to, I, was, I was wondering like if there was going to, because if they had camera crews, then surely that would just be in the way, like when you're doing your duties or so on but I guess that makes sense right <laughs> yeah. you do video separately afterwards. yeah essentially yeah yeah you can find it on um on YouTube actually if you google nurse Sarah BBC it comes up <laughs> oh god <laughs> do you have like people kind of that have messaged you being like oh Zara this is like helps so much and or how do I do this like can you make a video about this like what's kind of like your fan base like 
<laughs> if I you'd think even that's like, a... co- like, would you do you consider yourself like to have like a fan base, like, or fans, or is it kind of? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what I. Yeah, what you're just kind of making. It, so, or about to put her on a pedestal where she's going to sound like super egotistical. <laughs> That's God, the thing, I, I, I wouldn't ever say that, really. But I guess there are people. I would like to think. See, I'd be people. like, look at me, all my fans, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's one of those things. What's it called? Oh, there's a word for it. I was going to come back to me. I'm going to say it at some point. But um, I would say that there are definitely people that I know that do watch my content. And I think the best part of it is when you do have people who engage. I'm sure you guys probably experienced that yourself. Like people actually actively engage and uh, appreciate what you're putting out there. I feel like that's the best part of when you're doing something like content creating. Because we are taking out time, our time outside of our lives to create this. And it is, yes, for us, but it's also mainly for others. So they can, like, I don't know, gain something from it. That's what I believe anyway. But, you know, Content creating is is tough, isn't it? It can be tough. It is that you got to put the work in. So I would say there are people who, thankfully, that do watch my videos or they do engage. And I love it when they say, oh, can you make a video about this? And then I love it when I've made the video. They're like, oh, my God, you listen to my suggestion. Yeah, like, nice. I love that. Like, that's just um, it's like, yeah, of course I would. Because like, that's what you want as well. Like, so many of my videos, like, uh, I'll give an example that was quite, like, stuck, stuck with me. Like, someone said, oh, can you do, like, a what's in your work bag video like I just want to see what nurses take to work so I did that video and like literally I got this like lovely message saying thank you so much like this is exactly what I wanted to see and so on it's just like you it feels good it's a feel good factor to it but yeah that's what I would say I I feel like I've got kind of like a long way to go to I guess where I want to kind of take uh where I hope to kind of take it but what I love as well is just being part of a community as such like I when I was Again, a student, there weren't many, many kind of resources out there. But I feel like as time has gotten on, as people have kind of exposed themselves to social media, there have been more pages created. And I was like, this is amazing. This is what you kind of want to see in a positive way. So, yeah, hopefully this will lead to like, you know, creating more of like a recognition for it. So, yeah. That's like when we start a podcast and everyone else started creating podcasts all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, I found like lockdown, everyone was creating podcasts. We, like, we started I, I, before lockdown, just, just, before, before, just yeah. put it out there. <laughs> okay, so you're the OGs, basically, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Not, not the OGs of, like, podcasting world, but Ish. if you took our, like, friendship group and expanded yeah. it, I like to think we're, we're one of the OGs. If you webbed out of the, you know, the friends, you know how if you create a friend web or how people know each other, and then you see how they ended up creating podcasts, they'll always say third wheel, they saw it, and then they wanted to action it. I don't have to say it, but... I don't care if they say Aaron, we know it's the truth. Because <laughs> they, they messaged us asking us. Um, you, guys are, you guys are inspirational. Yeah. Um, inspirations for others. There you go. They put on the pack, you guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Influencers. <laughs> do, do you have like a favorite video you've made? Oh. Or one you like just really enjoyed making? Oh, gosh. Um, I really like uh, my Week in the Life blog that I created. So, because that wasn't, so you get like, vlogs of day in the life but the week in the life was like okay I'm gonna challenge myself so I challenged myself and I actually filmed myself for one whole week without like losing motivation for it and what I liked was I was showing me on shift but then also what I do on my off days which is the first time I kind of let sort of people see what I get up to I guess yeah what I do yeah and I don't know when I created that vlog gave me stress though because there's so much editing to to do it like it's literally like seven days or yeah seven days I literally did Monday to Sunday I didn't even do Monday to Friday of a vlog 
And when I look back now, like I was really like kind of proud that I kind of did that because it was a challenge, but it's also a nice memory as well. Like that's the thing with vlogs, like they can also be like a personal thing. Like I'm like, oh my God, like, yeah, that was quite nice and so on. So I'd say that's my favorite, one of my favorites, I think from a personal point of view and also just because like I liked how it turned out. So yeah. Yeah. No, it would be something cool to like look back on, I think. Yeah, I think when I when I when I've done a video, I don't know if you guys listen back to your podcast. Like, I'm sure, like when you're editing, like yeah. you can hear it, but it's kind of like okay, it's uploaded. I never want to hear it again, <laughs> sort of thing, because yeah. it's you know so much work has gone into. It. I don't know if you guys experience that as well, but yeah, like but that is kind of one vlog that I kind of always like. I'm happy to kind of watch again, whereas other videos I'm like, okay, just yeah, I don't want to see it again. <laughs> I've seen it enough. I can't remember the last time I actually listened to like a a podcast of ours that's like on spotify or wherever you find them you mentioned there like you're not like close to what you actually kind of want to achieve or you're not like there yet what kind of things do you have anything like for the future near future long-term future that you're kind of planning for your instagram your youtube your tiktok yeah i guess i guess like i definitely would love to do like there are certain things i would definitely love to kind of work on but i haven't had the time to so or like maybe aspects i've neglected like i've started but i've neglected because you're just trying to find that juggling balance. Like, for example, I love doing YouTube. Like, I feel like that's what I would say is my passion. But then you see my TikTok and I haven't uploaded in a couple of months. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, you know, it's not because I don't want to. That's funny because TikTok's only like a minute long, right? Yeah. It's a weird thing. I don't know. It's just me. I don't understand. Even if you're not the first person like to say that, but it's like where you want to put your attention as such, like, I would happily record a video, but get me to do like short videos. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's just that motivation to do it. I guess um, I would love to get to a point where I've got this balance, I guess. I think I'm still trying to figure it out. Like I know you, you guys kind of raise like, oh, how do you manage your time? And <laughs> think someone passed the comment like, oh, you don't. I, I still think I'm trying to get there of like trying to find that balance whilst obviously, I guess, having fun. I don't know, but... I don't know. Yeah, I want to. I want to be able to just have a balance of all the things. So, yeah, I'm not there. Yet. Yeah, I was going to ask with this time balance thing. So you work twelve hour shifts. So say in the morning you wake up. Yeah, I'm thinking like because say I eat at like seven in the morning and then I eat six at six at six for dinner in the evening. So like I eat within like, my breakfast and dinner within twelve within a twelve hour period. How the hell do you have like breakfast? At, do you have like breakfast before your shift and then dinner after your shift as well? Because You'd have like a lunch break. Yeah, we have breaks and we do eat in our shift, not during the shift, obviously. So, okay, so for me, I don't eat before I start my shift because that's just too early sometimes. So you would have a morning break and essentially most nurses would have their breakfast then. So that's usually like the nine o'clock to 10 o'clock mark. So whenever you get to take your break, you do have a lunch break. We don't get an evening break. We do. We're entitled to it, but... We don't really take it. I'll be honest. Definitely during COVID, we hardly got an evening break because if it's busy on the unit, they're sometimes taking your time out to go and have, you, you wouldn't have dinner essentially during your shift. You would have that after your shift. So yeah, that kind of answers it. Yeah, that's mad. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I don't know. You structure your day different, isn't it? Like obviously I think if you, if you, if you're kind of used to that, you just have to get used to that kind of yeah. lifestyle as such, but yeah, it's not too bad. It does take time getting used to. Yeah, awesome. Where where can people listening like find find your stuff? So find me on Instagram, 
and I have the tag at Nessar underscore UK. Um, I've got YouTube as well, which is a YouTube channel for Nessara. I've got Twitter as well, which I should probably be using a lot more. All the tags are essentially with Nessara and so on. And again, TikTok, I promise to create more content for that. But yeah, it exists. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, we'll put uh, all the links to that in the description for those who, who want to check Sarah out. Did you guys think of any would you rathers? Oh, I've thought of some, but my second one, I've been, I kept rewriting during this episode because I've not been happy with the second one. And the third one is like, I'd have to ask permission before I ask it anyway. So. <laughs> okay. Sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's, let's go with the game. So, um, yeah, we'll go, we'll go with the game next. So if we thought, um, we'd play a game of would you rather, or not really a game, but like kind of like pose some, I guess, questions that we can kind of answer. Hamish, do you want to go one first? Yeah. So would you rather be a nurse or a doctor where one of your li- arms or one of your legs is a prosthetic, um, if that makes sense? So if you were a nurse or a doctor, would you rather have one of your arms or one of your legs as a prosthetic? Okay, so it's not to do with if I'd be a nurse or a doctor. <laughs> it's I'm one of them. Yeah. Like if, um, you're, if you're a nurse or a doctor, I mean, we could put it in a nurse specifically. I just put it just because I want to know like, but you had, you had one prosthetic limb. Which one would you rather have? I think it'd have to be a leg. Yeah. Because you, yeah. you probably do stuff with your arms, right? Yeah. If you're like a nurse or a doctor. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think a prosthetic leg. Because I feel like you could still... Yeah, exactly. Like Oh, but would a prosthetic arm be like... If it's like a machine, like it could be like technically like more accurate and like be able to like do stuff a human hand couldn't, right? It depends, Aaron. Like if it's custom built. Do you know what I mean? I feel like he's upgrading it. He's like, you know, if I'm gonna get yeah, if it's like an upgraded him, arm, I want to go all out. It's an ambiguous question, so I, I butchered it by, by. But like, I was thinking as well, like you, you, you'd have to train a certain amount to make sure your leg also doesn't get tired. The one that is resting on the prosthetic, because I didn't say where where your where it could be a prosthetic limb from. I would say I would still say like because I feel like I don't know working in healthcare is very hands on. And also, you can get some fields within healthcare that actually you don't have to do a lot of walking. So, yes, that could be a bonus. So you wouldn't have to actually technically be using your legs that much. Yeah, I think in that scenario, like if I was a doctor or nurse, I'd go leg. Unless there was like, I'd be, I'd be tempted by like an advanced arm, like an upgraded arm. Like you're saying if it could actually like get your signals from your brain perfectly for your movement, right? Is that what yeah, you mean? like if you had features okay. and like stuff, you know, that my current aunt does, I don't know. Like, like Cyborg know. from Titan. Like it could, like if it could like, because you know your hand would look like shake, do you know what I mean? Maybe like, like again, arm which like wouldn't, like could be still if I wanted it to be, do you know what I mean? Fair enough. Like perfectly Fair still. Enough. And then I can, I can imagine that being of good use if you're like a doctor or a surgeon or something. So basically you would want to be a surgeon because that would be very like technical and precise. Yeah. And if, if the arm was like, was suited to that i think that could could work potentially that's the scenario i think of that you would have a prosthetic arm if it was advanced obviously if you had the, we had the technology which made your like brain signals or whatever perfectly precise but like without all the ifs and buts and like maybe i'd go i'd go like yeah, okay. <laughs> what would you do Hamish? no i was yeah. saying like in the surgeon case with no this was really my answer in, in the surgeon case where we have like advanced like neuroscience and say your computer can do it i'd want to have the prosthetic arm for precision in surgery in that case However, otherwise it would make sense realistically for you to have a prosthetic leg, right? Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll, 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 I'll try one. 
Would you rather speak every language fluently or play every instrument fluently? Oh. Language. Oh. Language, straight up. Yeah. Because that means you can converse with anyone in any situation if you need help. Anyway. How often do you do that? I think it's better to know language than know to play instruments. I think it's better, like, just better, like, socially. I think playing instruments would be sick, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But the languages can actually help because language that I assume, are you including sign language? Because I actually want to learn sign language. Yeah, so like, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> so I was like, if you know that, then you could actually end up being of use to someone or helping someone if someone asked you for directions and they didn't understand English. Like, for example, London fluently, so. Yeah, but also if like, Hamish, you could be on like a date, you know, and like you just whip out like your guitar and like start like playing <laughs> or like a piano or something. Like yeah, but Aaron, knowing every language means that I would be able to at least sing in every language. Yeah. Who said you, who <laughs> said you can sing? You, you didn't specify that. You said play instruments or that. But like speaking I, I know, doesn't mean yeah, like I, you can I, sing. I don't feel like Shall singing me? does. <gasps> no, you can get grading in, in singing. I'd, I'd actually, I think I'd actually agree with you and go uh, language though. I mean, Aaron, you could, you could, you could. Because I think it'd be easier to learn an instrument than a language. I but think you said that I'll just know one or the other fluently, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if I knew every language fluently, I could then try and learn an instrument. Do you know, I can try and learn it myself. But you said we won't be as fluent in it, so that's the trade. I mean, you I'm could thinking... like learn, like say you're born, say you're born with one of these. And you, you could like try and try and learn the others. Oh, I'm assuming that you can't. So like you're, you can only be influenced in one of the two. What would your accent be? I would want a universal accent. So like something universal that is not, accent. you can't recognize it. Do you know what I mean? When you, when you, you know those people that have accents and you can't, they must have like, because they lived in many countries and you can't tell where it is. But I think I'd want to have like, I don't know what's, I, I think I'd go like Italian or French or something. Then. Oh, you don't want to represent the British accents. <laughs> Oh, no, I, I probably wouldn't keep a British accent. Oh, I, mm, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I feel if like... I could change it, like depending on where I'm living, I think that'd be cool. But, okay. Yeah, but if you could speak, maybe you can, you know, replicate a bit of the accent. Yeah, I feel like when you speak, like if I started speaking French, yeah. I can't have like, I can't speak French with an Essex accent. Do you know what I mean? That's it just <laughs> very true. Work. That would be very strange. I can't even think of that. I agree. I would say languages. I feel like that would be of greater, greater use. Of course, you can like communicate with others. And an instrument, I don't know, it's cool. It'd be like a, I don't know, one-man orchestra as such. But, like, I don't know. I feel like language, definitely, languages, you get to... You can meet people through languages as well. But one thing about languages, though, it's not just about the language. You kind of have to also understand, you know, the etiquette of it as well. Like, there are certain cultural aspects to it. So, it's a lot more to it than, I think, just speaking it. So, yeah, I think that'd be quite cool to... To kind of master. It'd also be funny, like if you heard someone make a sly remark about you as you walk by in another language, and then you just make the sly remark right back at them in the same yeah. language because they didn't yeah. think you knew it. I'm like, bitch, yeah, I know it. <laughs> I know what you said. <laughs> cool, Zara. Do you have any? Yeah, I got one. Would you rather be always cold or always hot? Hot. Temperature wise. Yeah, temperature wise. See, man's not hot, but. <laughs> Uh, always cold always I, I hate the winter always leave me in summer but then when it's always um, when it's hot I'm like I'm like oh I hate that as well like when it's like really hot I'm guessing this is like yeah. sweating uh, hot yeah so like getting too extremes 30 degrees is, is the max acceptable so but I would, I would I would accept it for 30 degrees the entire year for example like I wouldn't be like I need, I need a winter like fuck that let it be summer year, all year round 
when I say summer, not a not a British summer, can I just clarify? Because a British summer like today is is not the one. Yeah, this is not the one. This is this is, <laughs> this is just British weather. I w- I'm saying so. Like you're going from like so. Even if it is, even if we're in the midst of winter, it's snowing. But you're always cold or you're always hot. So it's got nothing to do with external factors. It's just a you thing. Uh, oh, then yeah, I'd still rather be always warm. Always warm. So this is like in Twilight, you know, where you kind of like, do you want to be the werewolf or the vampire? But, Absolutely. Well done. <laughs> yeah. I just think about it. I don't want to wear four layers every fucking time if I'm always cold. Like if I'm warm, then I'll just have like a usual like two layer combo or something. And that's it. Yeah, I think, I think I'm team Jacob, to be honest. I know you said like no external factors. So like if you ask, but if you ask me like, would you rather live in like Egypt or India or Dubai or something compared to like the Arctic or the Antarctic, I'll probably choose like India, the hotter countries. But like, I prefer wearing jumpers, you know, like jumpers and like mm-hmm. tracksuit bottoms and like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You can still wear tracksuit bottoms or summer. Yeah, but not if you if you're hot. Extremity you're not going to wear like tracksuits and jumpers and like, you're going to be wearing like shorts and so, like t-shirts to kind of cool you down. Yeah, but there's those people that always wear shorts. Have you not, you know, there's these people that always wear shorts and no, no matter yeah, what but the Say weather. you are hot, Hamish. You're not going to wear a jumper, are you? Yeah, I mean, that's fine then, isn't it? <laughs> I like my hoodie combo with my jacket, but like, I'm fine to not wear that hoodie or something. Like I want to say, as I said, I'd rather have less layers than more layers. Because more layers is also more laundry. Would you rather go to sleep cold or warm? Oh, cold, cold, hundred percent. What? Because then you get into like the the duvet, the quilt, and all, and it's like nice and warm. Nah, then I can't sleep when it's cold. Like, when I, it's I'm hot, I'm like, shivering. I have to stick a, like a leg out of the bed. Do you know what I mean? Even now, I sleep with like two. Basically, I have a throw on top of my Indian blanket, so I literally sleep with still Classic. two layers on top. Classic. I feel like everyone does this. <laughs> yeah. I, I I would go hot. I, I would rather be hot. Like even okay. just like. People touching you if you're cold, they're like, Ugh. yeah, I'd, I'd go hot. <laughs> okay, think about it. Like this, your girl would always be hugging you if you're if you're always hot. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I'd go hot, but it isn't like I'm not like, oh yeah, definitely hot. But I'd, I'd see what I mean. Slide with hot in an ideal world. <laughs> yeah, ideally. <laughs> yeah, but okay, yeah, okay, interesting, interesting. I think I think I'd rather be cold because again, you could like layer up and stuff and just. Like, I hate it. I hate that feeling when it's really hot. And then, you know, you get lazy, like you just don't want to do anything. So I think just having that constant sort of battle with myself, I would, I would hate that. So, yeah. No, no, no. See, when, if you're always hot, that means you're also tempted to go on runs and stuff. But if I'm cold, yeah, I'm not going to go outside because I feel like all your limbs start hurting no. when you're cold. So I'm just like... I think the opposite. I would rather be warm and run. Every time it's warm, I go for a run. Why? <laughs> Every time it's... Co- In the winter, I just don't run anymore. But surely when it's winter, you're like, you want to warm yourself up. So you go for a run. Yeah, but it doesn't work as well when you're like freezing and like, it feels like you're like about to like get like frostbite. And I know you can't necessarily get frostbite in here, but you know, like, <laughs> I feel like, I feel like that's how it is. Oh, oh gosh. Hamish just thought about this. Like, I feel like he's... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's in yeah. I, I do agree with Hamish, but... I was like, at some point, I just want to move to a country where it's like always like basically summer. Yeah. That's, that's what I'd want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Should we do like one, one, one more round? Okay. Okay. Yeah, then I'm gonna I'm gonna ask for permission before I ask this. Okay. Go on. So, would you rather date a colleague who always has a similar shift to you, or the same one, or has a, always has a completely opposite shift to you? So, say you're working night shift, they're working the exact opposite Ooh. shift to you. Oh, that's a. That's or a they great always one. do the same shift. That's a great. That's a great question. Okay. And this is specific to nursing. All of mine's on specific to nursing. That's good. Ah. Oh. 
one would be an overload of contact with them and one would be Be like hardly at all yeah or just on your break days on your break days obviously have you just started dating or have you been married for like 20 years oh shit yeah sorry i was meant to say like the dating could be in like it could be you could be girlfriend boyfriend you could be married you could be fiance whatever like let's do dating so you're just getting to know each other because i feel like when you're married it's yeah. like you probably, okay, it's yeah. probably yeah. obvious you i'll see him all the time i'll see him all the time it's fine <laughs> just note that the the break days can be the same like you'll have the same break days because i didn't want the question to be that scoffed wait in both scenarios yeah yeah fuck it yeah the break days would be no so on oh, the she's still gonna one, see him like a few days a week I yeah, mean, yeah so a couple of days a week whatever. The, yeah on the opposite one your break days are the same yeah yeah i get you no for both of them i guess then it would be it would be this. essentially you're asking would you rather see them on your shift or not on your shift yeah but like one of them you're seeing them all the time like 24 yeah. 7 basically one of them you're seeing a bit less because I was thinking, like, if you if you work the same shift as the matter, then you could always um drop them back and forth, you know, like as well, because you'd be doing the same commute, etc. But if you're doing opposite, then yeah, but she she's she'll be a strong, independent woman, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, but like, you want to you want to do something romantic? <laughs> In scrubs, yeah. Go Realistically, ahead. she's probably dropping me off, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I feel like if it was, I think even if you did have the same break days, I would still want to have an opposite rotor because. I would just not want to see them all the time. I feel like, you know, it's a whole thing that kind of distance yeah. create, you know, hearts wonder sort of thing. I don't know what it's called, but essentially it like separation is sometimes a good thing because then it will make you value the time that you actually spend together as opposed to if you spent time all the time. And I think for me, when you're at work, I think the last thing you want to be thinking about is, I don't know, your significant other and stuff. You kind of want to be focused on what you're doing. Like it's a distraction as such. And also this might be a weird complex, but imagine if they're like your senior or they're like in a different position and then they have to kind of tell you what to do as such. Like for instance, if it was like a doctor versus nurse sort of thing and like they're planning out the care, like that could come across quite strange as such because you're being professional, but you kind of like you want to be professional, but then it's like if something happens and you have to be quite stern, like that might you might lose a certain level of professionalism. And I don't, I wouldn't want that. I want to kind of keep work at work and personal life out of that. If that makes sense. I wouldn't want to mix the two. And I feel like it, you can't help, but it will mix because you know each other outside of work. Yeah. I feel like if we didn't have the break days though. So imagine if we were like completely opposite. So whenever I'm on shift their working shift or when i'm off their working shift that would be quite basically don't see each other difficult yeah because then like you wouldn't have any time or but maybe what would happen is if say their break day was on your shift day maybe you could do like something before or after and then vice versa yeah so i think i would still pick like just having opposites yeah because i feel like you know there's a way there's a will there's a way like you can always make time out for someone I don't know, plan your annual leave together if you really want to spend time together. So I'd be yeah, so distracted, but, man. I'd, especially exactly. in that environment, like where you've got to be like a nurse or a doctor, like it's probably not ideal. I'm more, more worried about like what I look like or like trying to look cool. Do you know yeah. What I mean? yeah. Got to focus on the patients yeah. and the women yeah. doing that. Imagine being a paramedic riding around with your own wife. That could be, that could be cute. That's, cute. First, oh, that's a cute, like, yeah, that's a cute story. Yeah. At first. So that's when I thinking when I think similar shift, I was like, oh, the paramedic scenario could be quite jokes, you know, like or could be quite decent. But then what if you're too busy like flirting and you miss out on like someone someone needs some help, you know? And you're just like you're too busy like at the ice cream shop or something. I don't know. I don't think <laughs> you understand they don't get much time at things. So like Yeah, but you're you're like in your head, man. You're you're letting your heart you're like talk. Yeah. yeah. You're gonna you're get thinking. distracted. See, this is why it was a good question. See, this this was what this what <laughs> 
The reason why I thought of this question was because I remember seeing all the stories of all the nurses who had to end up getting married in hospital or getting proposed to and, you know, all the stuff in hospital because they couldn't, because of COVID, essentially. So I was just like, I was like, shout out to all the nurses that were in that scenario. Yeah, Um, so true. I actually actually know some colleagues who, well, they did get proposed, but they've had to like postpone their weddings or things like that. But then they would do like, I guess, I mean, not in that situation, but you know, they would have to postpone it because they can't take time off because all of our, all your annual leaves had to be cancelled and stuff because of the working. And yeah, so four on. anniversaries. Yeah. They were like on 72 yeah. hour shifts. I, I read something about 72 hour shift and in the middle it was the anniversary on the day in the between. Oh. And they just celebrated in the hospital with oh. what time they could get, I guess. Yeah. yeah. A great question, Hamish. Good one. <laughs> I've, I've got like a serious one and like a joke one. I'll go with the joke one. Would you rather, all songs exist in the world, but they're all performed by Pitbull or only one Pitbull song exists, but every artist like performs that one variation of the song with their own like cover. Oh, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> if it's one Pitbull song, I make him pick international love. And then if everyone can, but that's the only song that exists. Oh shit. No, he has a few bangers, doesn't he? He has one with C- Camilla as well. So like Adele would still be singing that song and Ed Sheeran. That's the only song I they have. Pitbull performing every song. Skepta, Jamie, all them will be performing that one song. <laughs> I know. I was thinking like, imagine M100, like Pitbull performing M100. Or like Adele, Ed Sheeran or Don't Exist. But like Pitbull's like singing like, I don't know. Yeah, like all of Adele's songs, all of Ed Sheeran's songs, everything. So wait, does everyone else have one song or do they still have their song? That's their song. Cover off? Just, just that song. Yeah, the cover of that song. Yeah, a cover of one of Pitbull's songs. So they don't have their own other songs? No, no. <laughs> Wait, can the cover be like a mix? Like, So they, they could have like done a bit of a mix on it. Like they could have done their own version of it, not sang the same exact lyrics, for example. Nah, nah. <laughs> nah, nah. You know what? Yeah, I'll still go for the cover one because um, that means everyone, you can listen to it in the voice you want or in the style. Yeah, yeah I feel like you can still like have your own, what's yeah. the word? It's still part of you. So if you're really into country music, then you just need to hear the song in the country ver- like, hmm. side. But yeah. to hear the same guy in different like he's only got one style so it still kind of fit what you enjoy your preference imagine pitbull singing taylor swift fucking hell like a taylor swift song oh my god it could it could be really good it work, you know. i've heard so many covers of, of like an original song and they sound sometimes even better so yeah yeah zara do you have any <laughs> okay it's kind of like a classic one but i always find it interesting to hear like people's views on this so would you rather know the day that you die, pass away, or would you rather know how you passed away? Uh, the day, the day. I'd rather the day. Day. Yeah. Okay. Because if you tell me the day, I know it's going to happen then. That's fine. Whereas if you told me I was going to like die from like a car accident, every day I'm going to be like, oh shit, could it happen today? Am I going to get in a car? Am I like, going to like do this, that? Whereas if I know the day, I can just like, you know, put it to one side and be like, okay, it's going to happen then. I, think, I mean that is the more like obvious choice i'm just trying to think of scenarios can it change like i know the day but now because i know the day i like, start acting reckless you know yeah I, you, 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 can, you know so a wizard's come along and just giving you this piece of information and it's your choice now how you deal with it so, so yeah. you can still die earlier yeah, yeah, but, but, like, still, this okay. is the day this is the definite but this is the longest you i was gonna say like whoever jumped off a cliff like <laughs> am i i'm still alive <laughs> Yes. No, no. Let's, let's make it a bit more harder. This is the day that, that's the day you'll die. So even if you jump off the cliff, you'll live. But then you just affected your quality of life. Oh, you could, Aaron, you could have every limb in your body broken and you'll have to live till that day. Yes. <laughs> you have to live till that day. You do yes, essentially. Okay, I'll just make sure I won't do anything reckless. <laughs> I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll still yeah. live my like normal life, but... 
Yeah, you won't. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, yeah, like, does this does this affect our curiosity? I know this is a bit like technical, but does this affect like life insurance if you know the day you die, like, or if it was like a t- nobody else knows? Like, it's you know just I mean? like you, someone told you. No, because you yeah, then do. then yeah, you could make sure you could do whatever you can to make sure your life insurance payouts to your family are excellent. And you, there's no loopholes that would fuck them over from it. You have to think about this. Sure. <laughs> yes. Go, 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 right. Yeah. yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, then the day you die would make more sense than how you die. Because, But if you know how you die, then that may also let you know if you, you can even get the... Oh, but how you, how you die, that could also be like, you know, you just die peacefully in your bed. That's exactly it. What happens if it's a nice sort of thing? And then that's like, oh, that's, that's not going to happen anytime soon, surely. Yeah. yeah. No, but when means that you can plan out what you need to do. But I could also be like, what if I just go to bed tonight? Like, I, w- I don't wake up. That's a bit. You die in it's your like, sleep. It's, it's well, like that's, that you, yeah. That's a bit still, that's still peacefully, technically. But but I think that's more like, that's going to be more resting on your mind. And that will more likely, like, for example, affect your sleep than if you knew the exact day. Because you'd probably be more, I'd, I'd hope at least you'd be more motivated to do certain things you wanted to do in life by that point. Possibly. I think there would be both aspects of fear in both, like, because imagine if you're told, okay, you're only going to live for the next two weeks, right? Or you could be the next 80 odd years. Like, I think both will have like an element of like fear to it. Whereas obviously like how you die, again, it could have like how you said about the car accident or if you're going to be like crushed by a sea creature because you're out surfing or something, you probably just never go into the water again. Like they could all, <laughs> they're both going to create some aspects of fear. But I feel like, I, I think for me, it's just choosing which one would you rather have more of kind of live with. I don't know. I feel like how you would, again, it's just that thing like it could be peaceful or it could be actually something like, like what happens if it's off like, okay, you it would be of a natural cause, like that sort of thing. I feel like that is less daunting than actually knowing a date, a specific date. Personally, I don't know. Because it could just be, it, it might not be like a long you don't, you never know, sort of thing. Like, you just never know how that quality of life is going to be. So, yeah. <sighs> awesome. We'll leave it at that. Yeah. So, like, a few, few other, like, kind of topics that related to nursing and uh, some other stuff. One of them, like, just women in healthcare. And I guess the kind of, like, stereotypes that come with that, like, especially kind of, you know, nurses and doctors. And also just from, like, a cultural point of view, like, coming from a, like, a South Asian background. Uh, all of us are from South Asian backgrounds. How is that? Because like, first of all, from like a South Asian background, I kind of, I know the stereotype is like, oh, you become a doctor, you know, that's, that's kind of a thing. It wasn't, it wasn't for me, but like, I know like for a lot of people it is. How was that for you like growing up? Um, Yeah, I guess it does depend obviously specifically on the families, but I think there is this cultural expectations that you, you want to work in healthcare, then the only profession you should really aim for is to become a doctor. And I think that's something that does stem from like the South Asian community. It might be from other communities as well, but kind of like just speaking for my own, for for our own, it's definitely there. And if you're kind of pursuing anything else like nursing or or midwifery, then it's kind of like, why would you do that? What's the point? Not realizing just how important these roles are. You can't deliver babies without a midwife. You can't carry out bedside care without a nurse. You know, hospitals aren't just run by one sole healthcare profession. But I think where this idea comes from is just because of ignorance as well. And also maybe because people are only thinking that way and not allowing themselves to think beyond that. And I think this is where it's really important, like social media can play a part of it because that can form as part of uh, educating others. Actually, these professions do exist. 
And these sort of things are very important. I think that came to light, especially during COVID, where you would see a lot of kind of like the nursing profession highlighted and midwifery progression highlight profession highlighted as well. That actually they're doing a lot of work and these are very important roles in the hospital. It's quite sad that it still kind of exists. I don't know if it would probably ever go because it probably just takes one family member. Even if your family's like supportive of your work, there'll always be one auntie or uncle somewhere who will pass a comment at some point in your career and you just got to kind of learn to to deal with it and I think kind of going with what you said about women in healthcare there is that as well because within our culture it's very much like this split of like men go out work and provide and are the breadwinners for the family and then women once they I guess they're married and so on they're at home and raising a family and so on but Obviously, like when you're kind of living in Western culture, there are women who are out there, you know, working as well. And are they just expected to give up everything now because they've entered marriage life? Even though that's what they've worked hard for, like they've gone, they've gone to university, they've hustled, they're enjoying what they're doing. But because of this old school, it's old school now, this old school mentality, they have to give it up on what basis? Like, and I think it's something that definitely I still have conversations with colleagues who are still facing that. That's just their expectations that they're meant to do once they hit that marriage milestone as such. Yeah, it's, it's sad. I think it's, as you said, I'm not sure when it can like kind of be fully, that kind of like point of view is going to like fully go. Because I guess it seems weird to me that it could be like people our age now mm. or like younger kids growing up that have that view. It just seems like, how can you? But I guess yeah. if their parents do, and that's all they've been like taught, they're just going to like grow up with like very kind of traditional stereotypes and then they're yeah. going like to pass that on and exactly yeah i don't know kind of where it stops just kind of influence from other friends who don't have that kind of view or yeah it's, sure. it's definitely a generational mindset like even if our generation thinks differently we might still get pressure from our parents or grandparents to think a certain way and obviously you don't ever i don't think anyone ever wants to upset their elders and their family, especially when in our culture, we place a lot of importance on that. But at the same time, you're kind of battling your own hopes and dreams. And I think that's where kind of a lot of things that women women are facing when they when they take on these roles. But I don't know, it, it, it's, you gotta, you gotta kind of, if you stick at it, I guess, then fair enough. But obviously, it's not that easy. It's not easy when you've got like families who think a certain way. Especially with your family, <laughs> you don't want to kind of challenge anyone in any way, but it's tough. It's tough. And again, who knows when it will probably ever be truly ever accepted. Was it different for you? Because you were kind of like going on that one career path and then the yeah. nursing thing happened like so quickly. So maybe there wasn't that like period where it's like, oh, what about going into medicine instead? Oh, I definitely faced so many family members questioning me. Oh, if you're going to go into healthcare, why don't you pursue medicine? And my answer has always been because I don't want to. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> I don't. I, I don't want to become a doctor. Like I want to become a nurse. Like it's not anything else. And that's all I say. And that usually like kind of quietens it. But it's like, oh, what's the point? And a big thing that always comes up is pay, like money. Obviously, doctors are paid a lot more than nurses, or they they're paid. They are paid more. But again, that's not a reason why people go and pursue these degrees. Obviously, you need to earn money. Like that's the thing. I can't say that. Oh, people don't want to go into medicine because the pay is not great. I mean, I'm sure there's an element to that, and I'm sure there's an element that people don't want to go into nursing because they don't get paid enough. Of course, that you can't ignore that. But there are people there who think that way. But generally, people don't go into healthcare professions just for 
the pay of it. They do it for the other morals attached to it, I'd like to think. And pay just comes along with it. Like if you want to earn money, don't go into med- don't go into healthcare. Like literally, if you're, if you're money orientated, just don't. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, I was going to ask you um, as a quick fire at the end, but I was going to say, if you had a choice between private or NHS, would you always choose NHS? At this moment, yes, I would always pick NHS because I think the NHS is a great place to work. Obviously, we face we're under so much pressure. It's like really, how how nurses are working in the NHS. I think anyone looking from the outside would think, why would they do that? <laughs> but because <laughs> it's a it's a lot. I, I've spoken to some overseas nurses, and they're like, oh, I, I've seen the work that you that you do, and we we don't do that. Like that that sounds too intense. Like, even something like twelve hour shifts it's not the same everywhere else in the world they don't do 12-hour shifts so them hearing that that's something they do in the UK or in the US like that's that's strange to them but that's what we do I would always pick NHS but I know a lot of people go into private for their own reasons a big thing is the pay because it just pays so much better but I think you're missing out on things like like, I don't know the NHS is diverse there's it's just the ethos of it I love the ethos of the NHS like it's open healthcare to everyone it does not discriminate anyone is entitled to free healthcare and I love being a part of that as such. But um, yeah, again, everyone's got their own reasons for it. But that's how I think at this moment at time. Are there any like particular stereotypes that you faced yourself being a woman in healthcare? Yeah, definitely. So I think when people think of nurse, I feel like most people think of, oh, it's a, you're, doing, you're just doing personal care. Because that is an important part of our care. We do personal care. We help patients who are unable to look after themselves and tend to their needs. The nurse is integral to that. And so I had a conversation with a midwife and we faced the same sort of um, challenges with this. And one thing is, and I, I'm going to say, it, but nursing and midwifery are like dirty professions because of the personal care that we provide and how can a woman be involved in that? And which makes no sense. It just makes zero sense to me because when you go into hospital, you sometimes, you know, if you've got a granddad who's poorly, your granddad who's poorly in hospital and they need help with their personal care, it would be the nurse who's helping them to do that. So are you then going to undervalue that as a skill to it and label it as something when actually it's so important for someone's recovery and part of their healthcare journey, so to say? And so we face that within our community that actually, oh, it's why would you want to do that? Why would you want to help a woman who's you know, going through pregnancy and labor, like, you know, that's, that's not ill, like those sort of things. That's horrible when someone who works in there is to hear that, but that's how people think. Some people think. And I oh, they think about that, about the midwives. Yeah. Midwifery and nursing both together. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I but didn't not- know you said like midwifery a few times and I feel like, I don't know. I didn't know that's how it like. Yeah. I would have said midwifery. If I yeah. Midwifery. <laughs> yeah. I would have said that. Oh my god! You did not just say that, really? Yeah, I thought that would be if like. I read no. it, midwifery. Yeah. You guys are the first people ever that I've heard who have pronounced it like that. I've never heard midwifery. Midwifery. Like, oh, there goes our medical career. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. How would you say? Okay, take out the iri. Midwife. Midwife. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So I'd say midwifery. <laughs> <laughs> no, I see. I see the point. There's not like an extra a on it, like. Or like R A R Y or something. Yeah, like and like midwife. Midwifery. Midwifery. I don't know if I've even seen that like spread oh, out. I, 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 I get it now. I get it now. But so you guys were just totally lost when I was saying. <laughs> I was wondering. I was like, 
am I a jackass? I was like, <laughs> <laughs> first time you said it, I was like, should I correct her? I think I was right. And I was like, you said it a couple times. I was like, I'm I probably mean, if you wrong. tried to I'm correct her, that would have been so funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I'll shut that down straight away. I'm like, I'm like, she's probably right because she's the actual medical yeah, professional yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I feel like we need Siri here to confirm it, but I'm pretty sure it's midwifery or I don't know. No, no, no. You are. You are like, I assume you're right. I assume you're right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'd like to think I'm right. I'm, I'm a bit doubting it, but I've always said midwifery. Um, <laughs> if they say that in the hospitals, then you're, then you're probably definitely right. Yeah. Don't, bear in mind that I didn't know that word existed, but if I had read it, what I assumed the spelling to be, then yeah, we would have said it. Wait, How I was googling it. Okay. Pronunciation. <laughs> oh god, this is the, this is it. This is the. But it depends. Is it? Is no, it, you're you're is right. It? You're right. Oh, I'm right. It's okay. like me, twi, furry, me twi. Wait, what? Dirty pro- bro, what? People trying to like infuriate us. Like, what? Dirty professional. Who says this one? Yeah, because it's kind of like that thing where speaking about the midwifery <laughs> profession, most families would want a female profession to look after their you know their loved one but at the same time these are the same people who are making those comments which makes no sense so would you prefer a male professional to do it but and yet you're the one that are kind of labeling women who are going into these professions it's it's, it's strange it's 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 the same with nursing you would want a most women would prefer a female professional to help them Mm. when it comes to certain care right yeah even That's nurses. what I would have thought. Yeah. I thought that would be more comfortable for them anyways. Like. Absolutely. But then it's the same people making these comments. So it's like, yeah, it, it, it still exists. It's, of course, it still exists. And I don't know. I feel like it also takes, like, it's a very tough conversation to have. And I guess you have to come from someone who is kind of willing to speak about it. Obviously, I, I hate saying it because it's like, why would people even think this way? But this is what is people are saying. So unless you don't speak about it and educate others that this is what's happening then it's not ever going to be the attitude's not ever going to be changed right so yeah and this is also what discourages young girls who are passionate to go into nursing or midwifery that because they don't want to deal with that from their families and it's like no like go for it this is something you could be a great nurse or a midwife but you have to deal with those hypocritical thinking no like so it just takes those conversations to hopefully change that way of thinking I think you lot should be just given permission to slap anyone right across the face. <laughs> <laughs> <Exclusive> no <access>. comment. <laughs> Thank you, Hamish. Thank you. But that could just like if the slap's hard, you know, that could just create be create more work for for them. <laughs> no, you, you just leave them on the side and save the beds for just, people who need them. Oh my goodness! Oh have my you had like <laughs> no comment? I don't even I don't even <laughs> think you can say it, but have you had like patients where it's like I know just rude and just horrible to like yeah work with and making comments like. Uh, racist comments or sexist comments or that you kind of like I know it's like I don't know if you actually like take an oath but it's like kind of like an oath where you have to treat every life as equal kind of thing yeah definitely you do face different scenarios as such some thankfully haven't faced but I know colleagues have I feel like personally I have faced kind of this cultural stereotypes where yeah I've you face a whole whole bunch of different situations and it's it's tough but you're also trained to do with it because it's the realities of it you're going to be faced that you may have a patient who passes racist comments to you or to your colleague and the great thing is you shouldn't ever take it though you you but you're just meant to handle it in a professional way so really you should report that to your line manager and say this is what I'm facing and 
kind of be in a position where they, they it's then their responsibility to take action of it because we also shouldn't have to face that and it's so horrible when you're trying to carry out your care but then you're facing with someone who's swearing at you or someone who's in their mental capacity so it's different if someone's not in their mental senses I'll be honest like you know they don't know what they're saying you know then that's different someone who knows what they're saying and is purposely doing that to someone a healthcare professional who's only trying to help you then you just need to also be firm enough to walk away from that situation be like okay you know what I am not going to um, take part in this. I'm here to do my duty. You can speak to my nurse in charge if you wish to continue to speak like that. So yeah, you, you have to be assertive as well. When you say you're trained, you're trained in like dealing with that. How are you trained? Is it not like trained per se is like you do like a role play where like someone's racist to you kind of thing? So training in the sense where some training can do that. Like if you're, you can do, um, yes, I've, I've had training like that where they say, okay, what happens if you're facing the situation? And that's obviously done in a training environment and hopefully to have like a learning outcome from it. But I think the most important thing is to not lose like your cool in it, basically. Because I think like if it was any other time and someone was to pass a comment, you're not going to take it. But obviously, when you're in like a professional sense, you have like I'm, even you guys, like I'm sure when you're in your professional sense, you have to be different because it's, yeah, it's just unprofessional. But of course, at the same time, you shouldn't take that abuse. You shouldn't ever take abuse in that way. So yeah, you get, you get training on if someone says something to you, how, what is the escalation to it? And they would want you to report it. You have to report it. You're not meant to just take it if a sense. But again, you need to not respond to it in a way that could lead to a explosive situation. So yeah, it, it's tough. I'm sure you've seen like these episodes of it in A or something where they've got like nurses getting attacked and so on. Like it's it's horrible, but it happens because of the nature of it. You just you you're taught hopefully how to deal with it. So yeah, it's it's, it's strange though sometimes. I was gonna say like one of the best abilities that the nurse probably have it because um, last time. I was in the hospital for my brother and I remember all the nurses going from like, you know, bed to bed or something because it was the beds were in the corridors. And I was just like, the fact that they have the ability to be polite and so on for 12 hours meeting, Lord knows how many people in that shift. And, you know, like seeming like they never lose their core. I'm like, these are these a bit different. I was like, <laughs> I was like, sure. Because the exhaustion, like, obviously, like, I guess you like learn to like, you know, be like that in your 12 hour shift but like they exhausted like that that must be like so exhausting because i'm like i can't be asked with that much social contact in my life like these lot are doing it on like literally bed to bed like in the corridor i'm like yeah. allow that wait till you hear us in the star room <laughs> this room all bent out yeah. and we're all running it's like okay you go there that's what you hear all the treatment room all of our all of our quiet spots don't worry we uh we know how to vent it out but um it's tough at times Again, it's just the expectations of the of the job. So yeah, yeah. There's a lot more we could have covered on like the kind of gender inequalities and like cultural aspects. Um, I'm a bit wary of time. I guess we will like come like start to like wrap up the episode. So we have like we end it off with like a few few things. So first thing would be our like final questions. So the first one we have for you is, what's something about you that you don't understand? I love this question. Okay, so. This is something that is brought to my attention from when like I'm I've met someone for the first time or like it's a friend and so on. But if we're walking, I like to walk on the right side of someone. Like I'd literally change 
if we're walking and I'm on the left side, I'll just change and I'd work on the right right side. I didn't notice that I did that until someone like pointed it out to me and said, like, you've literally just changed. Like every time we're walking, you, you just change to walk on the right side. And he was like, like, like how did that happen? And I realized I did, I did that all the time. And I think it comes just from, I prefer just to, to walk on that side of the road. I don't know why. And yeah, that's something I don't understand. You know what, this, rem- <laughs> this reminds me of Baxo yeah, at uni. So one of our friends from uni, basically, whenever we were walking here, yeah, he'd always just crisscross. Oh, and I was like, fam, stop fucking doing this. <laughs> pick a side, yeah, and walk on it, yeah. And we just keep crisscrossing over. Like, he doesn't do it, like, knowingly. I'm just like, bro, I swear, if you crisscross one more time, I'm, I'm dropping, I'm, like, tripping you up, yeah, because I'm not, I'm not, like, switching, like, you know, like, head position to constantly have to talk to you when we're walking literally in a straight line. <laughs> yeah, that's my, that's my people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah. Does that like, does That's it make a difference if you're on the right hand side of the road or the left hand side of the road? Just as long as I'm on the right side of the person. And what if you're in a group? Oh, yeah. Like, is it the right hand side of everyone or just someone? someone? Then that would just be like a constant loop, right? <laughs> just moving in yeah. between people. No, just whoever's next to me. So when you realized, did you try and like walk on the left hand side? Yeah. And then I was like, no. Like, I would have tried. I'd be like, no, I'm going to walk on the left hand side. Yeah, but I did. I and I was like, no, you know what? Like, this is me. I'm just going to go with it, <laughs> deal with it. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. So, yeah. So, the next question is What is your most used or favorite emoji? Oh, okay. I like the emoji. You know, it's got the hand covering the face and it like looks like kind the of monkey. Cute. Not the monkey, but the emoji. Okay. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. It, so, it's kind of like, oh, I it's should like have a said that. Role. Yeah, but then it's like, is it blushing or is it like... Or embarrassed, yeah. Or is it embarrassed or is it like, oh, shouldn't have said that. You're about or, to sneeze. Yeah, <laughs> about to sneeze. It's just, it's so diverse. That's actually the most like used one on my phone. Like I looked at it just, just this morning. So yeah, I love that one. I love the diverse uh, hee-hee kind of emoji. What's your guys's? Oh, uh, I don't have one. I think mine would be the eyes emoji. Where it's just like the rolling eyes, the or just the eyes. No, no, oh, the okay. eyes, like looking to the side. side I think head. I feel like I always use that. <laughs> so you're judging yeah. all the time, Aaron. Basically, no, it's normally because I'm just saying something like a bit, uh, a bit cheeky, a bit sarcastic, maybe. <laughs> so I like, just add it on to the end to like just soften it a bit. <laughs> okay. My emojis are all over the place. There was a point where I definitely liked the upside down smiley face a lot. Oh, that was a phase, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, st- I still like it. I still use it don't get me wrong in certain cases but I guess the other one but the thing is though I use this emoji wrong I still do don't get me wrong <laughs> don't get me. <laughs> so there's this emoji that has like you have like your mouth open it's like a laughing emoji kind of where your eyes are like Hopping. closed and you're like laughing yeah like but you're not it's not the crying laughing one it's just like the laughing one I use that as a smiley face thinking that that was just a normal smiley face but it turns out that that's a laugh face so when I'm just trying to put like a smile into it, I've always used that one, and I and I don't and I still use it because I think the normal smiley face is too creepy. Uh, the languages of emojis, it's just yeah, it's complicated. Yeah. It's complicated. <laughs> I think it's like... That that would be one of the fluent. If you're fluent in a, every language, <laughs> yeah. it, it counts. The emojis, yeah, that is the one that you want to aim for. It, it would technically be the most spoken because if everyone's got a smartphone, yeah. yeah. Cool. And then final questions. This is actually a question we ask every guest. And that is, uh, what has been your most memorable third wheeling experience? Oh, uh, it'd have to be when Cyrus is my friend and they actually forgot that they had made plans with their boyfriend. And it was a case where 
like they'd made a plan with me, but then they had to decide, oh gosh, I'm now in two situations. So I was like, oh, why don't, we, why don't they just come along to what we were going to go and do, right? And it was, so they technically became the third wheel, but then they were thinking that I was the third wheel, right? So it was coming a bit of like a weird complex. But I, what soon became apparent was me and my friend were like in our own worlds and they were just kind of straggling along because they're trying to do this plan together, try and make it work. But it wasn't happening because obviously we're catching up and so on to the point where they just left. We were just walking and then we turned around it's like, they've just, they've just literally gone. This happened like halfway through <laughs> and it turned into like a really terrible argument. Like halfway, it was like, oh, what's happened? Like, we're, like, we're again, they're not in a relationship as well. So it's not like they're just like, you know, we're just friends hanging out. This is like kind of acceptable. And it went really bad to the point where like they're arguing like over the phone in the middle of the street. Like, why would you just go? It's like, oh, you made a plan with me. But then now you're like with like Zara and so on. Like, what's the point? And everything, it got really tense and so on. And yeah, not, yeah, it was really bad. And now I, I don't even talk to the the boyfriend as such because it became really tense so yeah Yeah. how could it have been that deep like fucking hell I think I agree why was it such a big deal but I don't know I guess yeah if you're listening you know why was it a big deal (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah, you're a strange one but yeah that was really strange I never I never been in that situation before because usually right like I guess like when you're with friends you want to kind of have a good relation with like their significant others as well like those are what you kind of want to do but yeah that didn't really work out in that situation and I take no responsibility but uh, <laughs> I felt like <laughs> I was somewhat responsibility I think if you don't get along with your friend's partner you're you're, you're kind of causing an issue there like, I feel probably like... yeah but who's causing the issue is it them yeah, no, no. or is it yeah, yeah also that but yeah. yeah I was like I feel like yeah that that always causes that creates an, a nasty like Tension. It creates tension yeah. for sure because I think then even then later on, like if you want to do like friends events, yeah. you know, like if someone's birthday and then you kind of like, well, yeah, then you have to up. be like uh, dynamics, and I'm yeah. like, to pretend I like you. That. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was a bit. That was a bit of a strange, kind of tense sort of third wheeling thing. So kind of from there, so it's not ever good to be in that situation. But yeah. The next the next section is called out slash nomination. So you could basically nominate one or many people to hopefully be a guest on in the future. So I would like to call out my friend Vic Gant, who is a digital illustrator. He's an artist. Uh, he's got his own socials as well. He's a great guy, very much. So he's a South Asian artist, actually. So he does a lot of work on Maharani's and female empowerment and so on. But he's also like just a normal dude, loves his art, loves playing doll as well. So. Yeah, I think he'd be a great person to be to be on your show. Awesome. We'll get in touch when uh, when we release your episode. Last bit's like a shout out. So like basically anything you want to like plug, promote. Yeah, no, I think it'd be great if anyone who's listening to this, check out my socials and so on. If you're interested in learning a lot more about nursing life. And yeah, I think definitely check out my Instagram page, my YouTube and anything else that I've got working on. Hopefully going to be launching a blog soon. So yeah exciting things coming up but yeah i appreciate you guys having me on here and on your podcast it's been great definitely spoken about things that i haven't spoken about before as well which is always really nice but yeah no thank you guys okay no that's good that's good so my shouts are going to be um great ormond street hospital and just one song which is by m honcho and i think eno or someone it's called that's a good shout out there <laughs> yeah the name is heavy duty definitely a banger And yeah, go donate to charity if you can. And obviously check out the socials of Zara here.
Yeah, I'm going to shout out actually my new my new startup that I'm working for. It's in like the healthcare space of where it could be kind of appropriate. It's called Thriver. They do like home blood tests and then it gives you like information like on your like vitamins, like vitamin D if you're low on it, iron and a bunch of other stuff like that. So uh, yeah, go go check them out if that, if that sounds of interest to you. But yeah, th- thanks Zara so much for coming on. Oh, thank you for having me guys. It's been, it's been really great. Thank you. Yeah, but nice meeting you as well. Yeah, awesome. I hope everyone else like enjoyed the episode. And yeah, I guess we'll just speak to you next week. All right, guys. See ya. Have a good day. See ya. Bye. Turn around in the mist, cause you might see something but fog. And allow all the tricks, girl. I can see nothing but love. You hit and you miss. Girl, what's up? You spot and you red. I'ma call you Ladybug. Turn around in the mist, cause you might see something but fog. And allow all the tricks, girl.